Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode. I'm on with Robert Pasikoff. His company, Brand Keys, is an award-winning, internationally recognized brand. He is uh, a brand strategist who is extremely well-known, extremely well-quoted. He's been doing this now for 38 years out of New York City. Really excited to have you on the show, Robert. Appreciate it. Thank you for being on. Wow, you're very welcome. Thank you. So, Robert, what makes you one of the top, you said the number one, most quoted uh, communications brand specialist. What was the quote you used? Well, as a research guy, I give attribution. It was the NYU Communications School said I was the most quoted brand consultant in the United States. That's a pretty incredible title to get. So what do you do to get you there? I mean, I, I see your website. If you could explain to me as if I was a third grader what you do, that'd be pretty helpful. Okay. Um, we do brand measures that correlate very highly with behavior and with loyalty. Mm -hmm. And I think that the reason that we get as much attention as we get is our, our brand database is one of the largest in the world. Um, I mean, I, I think I said to you, we, we just introduced our, our, um, our loyalty and engagement index, which is the 26th year we've done it, uh, you're looking at 110 categories and almost 1,200 brands. Wow. So if someone calls up and they say, hey, what do you think of? Uh, I'm always really pleased that people want my opinion, but what we've got is data that we can talk about and yeah. that tends to get press. So were you in the world of, of data analytics and software? And is that how you got into this space or what, what got you such a huge edge in the data side of things? Like what was the story there? Well, part of it was that years ago, when you talked loyalty, people were mostly talking about satisfaction. They really weren't talking about a loyalty paradigm. Um, yeah, there was the Coke versus Pepsi group of people <laughs> and the GM versus Ford people. But the truth was that there really were no metrics that yeah. were measuring loyalty. And right. we were the ones that started doing it. Wow. You know, I think it's really interesting because I read this book not too long ago called The Membership Economy, which talks about how it's become so much more popular because of software as a service to be a monthly subscriber of a product and in loyalty with companies and trying to get them to stay forever is definitely a big thing for myself and the clients that I work with and the companies that are in our community. So how do you measure this? I mean, what is like one of the biggest indicators that a business is loyal to or cu customer is loyal to a business? What's the biggest measurement indicator of that? the ability to meet expectations. And I just do want to point out because I get emails about it or I see it online. The companies reach out and they go, have, have we met your expectations? And in most instances, they have no idea what those expectations are. Uh, part of the reason being, not that, not that they're unconcerned, but uh, the fact is, is that expectations are generally more emotionally based. Mm. Um, 
God, there's, you know, there's a, there's a history of uh, the total quality movement and the satisfaction movement in the United States, but you're really talking about last century. And by and large, when you get to primacy of product, you know, what the product or service is supposed to do, generally, most right. products and services do exactly what they say they're going to do. So the question is, why do you as a consumer engage with one versus another? And right. what that comes down to is uh, emotional elements rather than rational elements. Mm. It's really interesting. I mean, I know, you know, if I think of like a Coca-Cola commercial, like you mentioned, uh, you know, I, the media things that come to my mind are the taste, the fre- like how, how it, it refreshes you. And they really put that out there when they want you to connect with that idea. They want you to connect with something tangible. I'm assuming that at the end of the experience, you can reflect on and think, was this refreshing? Was it tasty? Do I feel like I'm enjoying my life more uh, drinking this Coca-Cola than afterwards? And the fact that I know intrinsically the three or four things that Coca-Cola wants me to experience when I drink that Coca-Cola bottle is pretty interesting when it comes to experience and meeting expectations. How can a, uh, I get a lot of marketing agencies listen to my show and you know, you're kind of on that marketing agency side. Um, what can a marketing agency do to meet customer expectations? Do you think, or a service business? Yeah. I, I think that the, you know, the issue comes back to what I said, which is, do you know what those expectations are? I mean, given Mm -hmm. that generally speaking, um, 70% 70% of the decision process is emotional. Right. Uh, if you're tracking rational stuff, well, that's great, except that you're only getting about 30% of what the decision process is about. So first, do you know what those what those values are that you need to look at? Second, do you know what the expectations that consumers hold for those values are? And third, where does your brand stand versus those expectations? Um, the secret is identify the gap between what they expect, what they desire, and what they see your brand delivering, and try and fill it. So because you have such a, a, such a big database and there's so many data points you can look at when you're analyzing whether or not people are experiencing loyalty with the customer or company and, and whether or not they can improve it. How do you get to that next step? Do you give recommendations to people uh, on how to improvement? And then when you do, like what do those recommendations typically consist of? Like if you, is it usually a bullet point list of execution things they can do or what, what's the best way you can help people with this? Well, it's a com- I think it's a combination of category philosophy, if you will, Uh, You know, here are values that need to be accounted for, as well as specific tactics. I mean, sometimes, sometimes when you've worked in a category, folks know that in order to do A, if I do B, this will happen. Right. Um, But, but as I say, I think that it's a matter of really capturing what people think as opposed to what they say they think. Right. Because, um, uh, you know, what, if, if it were up to, if you had to rely on what people said, 
then yeah. the cheapest thing would always be the market leader. Yeah. And that's not the and that's not the case. Right. Right. That's really interesting. You know, I I, I find that fascinating because I, I recently launched a software product a year ago. We have over a thousand users on it now. And one of the I launched a new version of it. And when I did, I actually based it entirely off of what my users were telling me to build. And uh, it actually ended up doing okay, but wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. And I did a lot of reflection on it. And I think it was actually because I they didn't have as much investment into the idea as I did. And so if you just base it off user feedback, sometimes, like you said, the users don't necessarily know what to experience. You kind of have to guide it. You're like the conductor, you're the maestro of the experience. You set the expectations. Right. Well, there's a very famous uh, quote. I won't do it. I won't do it perfectly, but it's people don't say what they think and they don't think what they feel. Mm -hmm. And one of the difficulties, of course, is that it becomes extraordinarily difficult for folks to articulate, um, articulate rational need particularly in categories where they where they are in fact not expert and i you know i joke about i'm not certainly not a luddite but i joke about being a techno moron about things you know i'm like happy that things work and i know what i can do with them right i think it becomes problematic when if i may folks like you reach out to users and go okay Tell me what to do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there are, there, there were, I think there were three, there are the, the folks that don't know, they just don't know. There are the people who they really can't articulate what it is. I mean, they, again, they feel it, but they yeah. don't know how to articulate it. Or it's the people who, well, I don't want to tell you. I really don't. You know, whatever it is, it's I mean, it's the old joke about the, the guy my age and why he buys a sports car. Um, you know, he talks about the kids are out of college and I need something to go to the golf club, you know, throw the golf clubs into. You never hear the phrase, you know, girls will think I'm hot or I will feel <laughs> younger. I mean, right. you know, and those those issues about. Uh, being unwilling to talk, being unable to talk, or just not knowing become the barriers to success when you are trying to measure and meet expectations for a brand. It's yeah. more, you know, it's sophisticated stuff. It isn't just, let me just go out and do it. I mean, I'm not patting myself on the back, <laughs> but but the fact is, is that it is more difficult and more nuanced, particularly with consumers, you know, right. who are born hotwired to the internet, you know, and given a smartphone, you know, on day one of their birth. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I guess to that point with experiences, I mean, one theory that I've been formalizing uh, for myself based on my experience with the last version not being as successful as I wanted it to be is that for every product that I release, I have to use it every day myself and I have to experience the feedback loop myself. Because I think what happened was I kind of got detached from the development process to the delivery process. And I was, instead of just focusing on using it as much to see if like I was affected by the changes that I was making, I only asked other people. 
and I wasn't using the product myself. So I kind of got detached and I feel like, um, maybe a good rule of thumb for people. I don't know if this is a recommendation of yours or not, but it's to just actually use the product that they're making. So people actually experience it. You know, like if a Coca-Cola executive doesn't drink Coca-Cola at all, then they're never going to know what they're making, you know? So it's, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, you need to be you need to be uh, within the loop in terms of categories and such. And I, I mean, going back to what I you know I said before, I mean, I always say I am the smartest guy in the room when I have the customer telling me what he wants. <laughs> I you know I I and and yeah, experience you know experience matters and and such. And there are clients that you know trust trust my judgment but when you've got you know the kind of um you know emotional behavioral data in front of you telling you what consumers want and and how they are very 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 likely to behave in certain situations that really does make you give you an edge you know over someone who's who's not paying attention or someone who's just listening to the rational stuff. Right. Because otherwise it's like, oh yeah, hey, hello, mine is cheaper. Don't you want it? Yeah, <laughs> totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. So I have to ask is like a final question here. What is the key to having a company for over 30 years? I mean, I'm looking at your LinkedIn, you've been doing this now for 38 years, um, consistently <laughs> yeah. improving, consistently putting out content, um, consistently being one of the top people in the space. So what is the strategy there? I mean, how do you do it? What's the biggest lesson that people can take away for having a business for this long? Well, I, you know, you have to, I mean, partly is I love what I do. Um, and I also think that it fulfills a need. I mean, I think that the, you know, people talk about a lot about loyalty but mainly they're talking about point systems and collection systems and tactics. Um, There's a real need to be able to understand why people are loyal and how they're going to be loyal and how to keep them loyal. And it's pretty fun to do that. And I think, you know, if you, if you've looked at any of the stuff that we write on a regular basis, um, it's, you know, it's interesting. And, yeah. it, it, and and because uh, neither loyalty nor consumers are static and carved in marble, you've got to, you know, it keeps you keeps you on your toes to be able to track what they're going to be doing down the road. Right. That's fantastic advice. So thank you for being on the show, Robert. For anybody yeah, who's welcome. interested in connecting with Robert and uh, checking out his business brand keys, he is a world leader in all sorts of loyalty analytics, which is a very specific thing that I actually don't know a lot of other people focus on. So it's really cool to see that you focus just on that. So if anyone has a SaaS business or a business that needs loyalty, needs people to stay around, needs people to use them quite a bit for a while, definitely feel free to reach out to Robert. Uh, thank you so much, Robert, for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you.